brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Thanks for joining us. We're finishing out the Bad Batch uh, rewatch. And so we have cooked up special, big, huge, helping, heaping dish of tapioca. As Nick starts to ponder why tapioca, I'm joined by Nick, myself, yeah. I'm Matt, and thanks for joining us. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> we yoga. saw the we saw the fall of yeah, Topoca, yeah. Topoca to City, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of like tapioca. Every time I see Topoca City. Now, what are you thinking about this? Like, I don't agree with it. I'm seeing a lot of, like, Facebook, Star Wars people, like, news articles saying this is now the official ending of the clone wars, you know, uh, because it could bring to the end of an era of, you know, there's no more cloning facilities. And I don't agree with it. Me personally. I, I mean, we, even we though clearly the, saw, they took the, the Kaminoan uh, at the, at the very end to another facility. Yeah. But like they're, you know, like they're saying, well now, because you know, it, the clones originated, you know, there in Camino. And now that there's mm-hmm. no more Camino, it's like, this is kind of like now the official end of that end era. Of Okay. You know, of that era. And I'm like, I don't, I still don't agree with it. I was like, no, I was mm. like, I think the Clone Wars is over. I was like, but until the final clone is no longer part of the army, you know, like, mm. or there's some rebellion, I won't, I'd like, no, I was like, the clones are still in function. I was like, so until I see them completely be phased out, that's to me the end of that era. You know? Okay. But you're, you're just, you're, you're drawing a line in the sand. You're drawing saying, a line no, in the sand. This yeah. is not. This is not well. The three episodes that we're talking about tonight are the the very last three of season one: War Mantle, Return to Camino, and Camino Lost. So um, they they really lose it though. I mean, like it's not like they just you know it, it was deleted from the archives. Maybe it was like lost in their heart, you know? Yeah, like Camino lost to ourselves. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so uh, this was kind of unfortunate because these last three, I feel like we we could have probably talked about each one of these individually. Uh, yeah, as they, as they release, like after especially the first, especially the first two. 
You know. Yes. Because uh, I, I remember texting you saying like we should discuss these for once, episode by episode, instead of just kind of throwing them all you know together. Sure. Because there's definitely some things that you kind of need to talk to in order uh, instead of just kind of like oh that was cool, this was cool, like uh, yeah. right. Well, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's dive into War Mantle then. That's the the first of the three that that we get here. So, and um, I like I like the setting of this this episode. Uh, it felt like Endor to me. It did. Know, like the, it did. The, the forest kind of moon of Endor. Um, we get this, basically this mission from Rex, right? Mm-hmm. To the group. So. I, yeah. Uh, my OCD brain, I mean, like when I see the, the guy running, though, when he puts the beacon down, I'm like, where'd he get the beacon? <laughs> I was like, if he's a prisoner, where'd he get the beacon? Like yeah, that's what I'd be like. Probably, you know, probably picked it up on his way, you know. Yeah, so. that's that's what I figured. But still, it's just one of those things. Like, oh, okay. And then, like, I still didn't get why they gave it the title of War Mantle. You know, I I, I was putting a lot more. Yeah, me too. In that, I think you, know? you and you and I both probably were. I mean, I felt like this episode delivered on some some satisfactory plot movement mm-hmm. and some some really cool. Things that were, you know, okay. Now we're in the final act. You know, it really kind of amped it up. It really, you really felt. Even the fact that they brought in Gregor, um, it, it, uh, the stakes felt higher. You know, but at no point did I really understand War Mantle, except for the fact that these, these troops that we're seeing, these TK numbers, right? Um, you know, right. this is the first origin of the Stormtrooper. And uh, it's cool that they um, they give a nod to Ralph McQuarrie uh, concept art mm-hmm. because that that first stormtrooper that we see is is based on his original design. So um, bringing it all the all the way back. So it's kind of a cool tie in there. There's yeah. a lot of things like I, I'd written down, um, and not to give away like all the cool stuff, but was it in this episode? Well, they also they also even have the the theme the original. Um, yeah. Stormtrooper, oh. kind of the the march, the Imperial right. kind of march before that was Darth Vader's song. Right. Uh, I mean, I, that's what I liked about this episode, the uh, the War Mantle, was I liked how they used echoes of the original themes in a lot. Of, like you you hear them a lot, especially when they're just walking through the hallways. It's like they're walking through the Death Star and A New Hope. You hear the tem- the the timpani music, very you know subtly. They're like, dum, 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 like you know, like that. And then even then later, of course, you know, when they're being chased, you hear that that very you know, like it's just like yeah, yeah. like you're like ah, like you know, and so I, I definitely liked that, like the because they, they, did, they didn't overkill it, like like with yeah. the Bond theme, you know, just constantly you know, they didn't just beat it. I just went to the bathroom. Yeah, but yeah, if you ever run through any halls, if you know wherever you're at, just have that music playing in the back of your mind, and it'll make it even more impactful. So, um, yeah, I, I like the, the setup of this. It also, there's a character that we see in this that apparently was introduced in a game, uh, Republic Commando. I don't know if you had read about that. Um, yeah, that's what I figured with the Republic Commando. Like, there was definitely, I, I wasn't sure about, I figured one of us would figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but they, they've made uh, two or three you know, uh, references to Republic Commando in season one of 
Bad Batch. You know, we've talked about it before, like with the the heads up display. You know, mm-hmm. with the uh, Hunter and things. It's like, oh, like, and so it's either Filoni or someone who was just a really big fan of that game and wanted to throw out some nods to that you know 2005 game. So the character Scorch uh, RC one two six two appears in Republic Commando and also appeared in this episode. The plot behind Republic Commando revolves around the fact that these are the um, these are I guess the plot was is that Mandalorians were training you mm-hmm. know Mandalorians that were picked by Jango Fett had been training the next generation or the first generation of stormtroopers so um, so it kind of is cribbing off of that a little bit you know it's like we're seeing like just a slight variation of that it feels to me it's like oh well they're being trained by not hand-picked Jango Fett but clones that were of Jango Fett so mm-hmm. um, I like the um, I like the camaraderie that we continue to get of the Bad Batch at this point like it feels like they're kind of you know oh like I like the whole thing with Wrecker oh I think what we should do what the kid wants to do is that in this episode? Oh, yeah well you mean the, the good points yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's at the very beginning where after Rex calls them and says like, "Yo, okay, yeah, I've got a mission for you guys," you know, and then really the biggest mission impossible, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and then they all. It, it's also one of those like where it's like Wrecker's not really a critical thinker. No, because you know? <laughs> it's just like, oh, he's got a good point. <laughs> oh, he's got a good point. But I love know? Wrecker. I mean, he's yeah. the best. He brings the, the the comedy and and kind of that lightheartedness that you need. You know, it's like if it was all seriousness, like we wouldn't we wouldn't enjoy it. So. Yeah. But you kind of, you kind of, especially in this episode, you, I guess he doesn't mind or he doesn't notice that they kind of leave him behind with <laughs> yeah. a lot. So it's kind of like, unless we need something, this it's like the Hulk. It's like, unless we need something mm-hmm. smashed, we don't need you right, right. here. You know? it's like, We're doing a quiet mission this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, that definitely is the case. So, um, yeah, so I, I like this, um this episode it did also remind me of rebels first season so slight spoilers there for if you haven't seen rebels yet Uh, but the first season uh there's basically the two-parter from that season is the main character uh uh sorry i don't know why my 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 brain is blanking i think it's just because it's it's later but kanan is captured and then of course the you know the team's got to go rescue right you know um so it felt like that in a way to me yeah well i mean we talked about this you know um just amongst ourselves like because i definitely have been reading some complaints from the casual viewers online about how like was bad batch just all filler like i mean Mm -hmm. and I kind of agree with them in a way and that you can watch the first couple episodes and watch the last two and probably be okay. But having watched two Filoni series as you have, and a lot of people listening hopefully have, uh, that's every season one of Filoni series is that, you know, it doesn't make sense now, but as the series goes on, he tends to bring back these characters that are introduced in season one. So you have some kind of relationship with them. And what was interesting about this season though, is that he had two other series to go off of. So that's why we saw characters from rebels. We saw characters from 
the Clone Wars introduced. I mean, not introduced, but just brought in. And, or in in Mandalorian too. In Mandalorian. So, um, so we're we're kind of getting and and it's almost like and I I also have friends who have not watched any of the other Star Wars cartoons. They've just decided, well, I liked the Mandalorian. I'm going to watch the Bad Batch. So they're they're watching this without even having any knowledge of some of these other things. So these characters almost have to work autonomously on their own. I mean, just as I mean, and we we talked about with this with the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian had to walk that line of, okay, it's Star Wars, but you don't have to know everything, right? But if you do know everything, it goes a little bit deeper if you want to, and it's got a. It's a fine, fine thread to, to to weave there, but I feel like um, there's a little bit of that happening here. Um, albeit, I feel like you could probably pare it down to twelve episodes, but I was going to talk about that at the end after we get through. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, wait. Uh, but I mean, you know, this this is a favorable episode, though. Like, still, I think even even yeah. with a, a slightly predictable end, um, there's definitely. I liked all of the adventure. I liked the tech flying the ship there, even at the end too, like trying well, to get them out. Like, yeah, I, I even, yeah, I mean, I like that that uh, Ruby uh, that uh, Omega, you know, got to fly a little bit, you know, then tech's like, yeah. okay, I'll take over now, which would be any adult, you know, it's like, right. like yeah, you did, you've done well, but I'll do it now, <laughs> you know. And then there's things that I wanted a little bit more of, you know, like that we kind of were robbed of, like. Gregor is only in this episode, uh, and I would have liked to see him in the next episode. Yeah, but he's not in it. Um, they just kind of throw him away in a line, you know, of like, "Oh, we left him with Sid. She wasn't happy," you know. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like because it's things like he said when they asked him when after he gets shot, you know, he's carrying him through the exhaust vent, and they said, "Well, you know, why were you here? Why were you taken prisoner?" And he's like, "Oh, because I was brought in as an instructor." Yeah. Uh, and you see that when they er, just a few minutes earlier when they're talking about the uh, when Echo is doing the the system check of like who's in the base and he's talking about how there's uh, fifty uh, clone commandos and a thousand TK troopers, which is where we figure out you know these are TK troopers. Yeah. But you know he says basically you know I was brought in an instructor and I quickly realized I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's where they leave it. And it's like well. I wanted to know, like, why? Why did he come to this? Because, you know, it's kind of like all those captains, you know, even mm-hmm. Crosshair, it's like good soldiers follow orders. And so it's like, what made him decide, oh, I don't want to train these right. these new troopers? Uh, I mean, that's I mean, like, and it could have been just a one-sentence thing, one more line, and you could have answered it, but it wasn't ever answered. So it kind of irked me just a little bit of like, come on, I want, I want a little bit more. I... Yeah, and I mean, to critique the season, there's certain characters or certain moments that I want to go deeper with that it doesn't go deeper with and other areas where it goes into stuff that I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't care about this. So, um, you know, there's moments where I definitely feel like, okay, you could put your foot on the gas here and just give us give us something, something more there. I was reading somewhere that uh, Gregor acts the way that he does because of the explosion um, that we we last saw him in in Clone Wars. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, he always acts like he's a little off. You know? Yeah, you, yeah. You can see that in his laugh. Like when they ask him something, he's kind of like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, like he yeah. like, yeah, he's he's probably not all there. 
his his laugh is is really great though because it's so unique that mm-hmm. even if again if you've only seen rebels and you haven't seen clone wars and you don't understand how he appears in clone wars if you hear that laugh you're like oh that's that's that guy you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. like you you really only have to know a little bit and like hear his laugh and it's so distinct that you'd be like oh that's the guy that's with rex on you know rebels or whatever so it's um, crazy how one actor does all of those voices. it's yeah i to that point though you know for anybody that listens to audiobooks narrated by mark thompson and who doesn't he is one of the best narrators in the star wars universe for for audiobooks but that man's got some range and if you've if you've listened to any star wars i mean he can he can he's got to do a large volume of characters and it always amazes me that um he can he can bring such uniqueness to his voice so it's i mean it's you know out of all the comic cons i've been to like that second year or first year i went was one of my favorites because it's when you still had the official picks booth where you could they would have different casts from TV shows, movies, whatever are there. And you could get their autographs and meet and talk to them. This is before Comic-Con really blew up though. And you know, that year they had the entire, all the voice actors from the Clone Wars. And that was one of the highlights. You know, most people don't give a crap about voiceover actors, but like, mm. you know, the fact that you're meeting these people and in your brain, you have an idea of what they might look like, but all you've ever heard is their voice. And then like, you realize like, Oh my God, like, you're you you're that guy you do obi-wan like and you, you he looks nothing like what you would picture him to look like you know and uh same yeah, as, uh, Mark, Mark, go go ahead oh, no it's fine but like you know like one guy you know who did yoda he did like he did like five you know uh characters in the clone wars you know and like it's just crazy like how how talented these people are um mark thompson does a does a pretty good obi-wan character it's not it's like a it's almost like an Obi-Wan impersonation um, as one of the characters from the, uh, the high Republic. And it, and it just amuses me whenever I hear his voice. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's totally Obi-Wan, but we mm-hmm. know that's not Obi-Wan in the story. Um, <laughs> right. I saw a, uh, a whole article, which was confusing because it made it sound as though the actress was cast for this role, but it wasn't, it was just about the fans that are petitioning to try to get the actress that uh, does the voice of Sabine from Rebels to be the actual live action Sabine. Um, now, she's, if, she's Indian, a, isn't she? She is a different ethnicity, yeah. yes, than what physically is represented by Sabine, who is clearly of Asian descent. So, yeah, the, the rumor that I've been reading is that it's going to be Chloe Bennett, who was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. But. I also saw that same claim be shot down saying, no, she's been cast as, uh, uh, alpha, alpha, uh, uh, why am I forgetting the name? The Imperial scientist female. Oh, okay. Imperial scientist. Uh, crap. Anyway, it'll come to you. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that they should at least stick with the, ethnicity of the represented well yeah because i mean yeah sabine is clearly uh half asian or maybe full asian and that's yeah exactly that's usually how i see it 
Yeah. It was, Which, I mean, Indian technically is Asian, but like... It's, it is. It's, yeah. it's a different part of Asia. Yeah. So, you know, it, it'd be like there's North America and, you know, Middle America and South mm. America. I mean, like there's, a, there's different looks that people definitely have. Even from Canada to America sometimes. So... Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about ethnicities, but <laughs> I thought it was an interesting thing because I was like, it was a, it was one of those, like, and I like her as an actress. She's appeared in The Good Place um, and gone on to, to be in other things. And, and I think she's got such a, a unique um, talent, but I, I'm kind of, you know, I don't know. I'm personally hoping that they, they cast someone that looks more like what Sabine does. In the, It'd be hard because... You know. For sure. For a cartoon, Sabine was smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Jessica Rabbit here. No, that's true. Nothing's ever going to so. be Jessica Rabbit. But she is not naughty. She's just drawn that way. That is. That is true. Speaking of things that are drawn naughty, um, Crosshair. Um, the, kind of going towards the end of, of this this first episode, War Mantle, um, Hunter is captured. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we see we see kind of a reunion. Yeah, like you know what was funny to me is that what I took away more from that whole sequence was how Omega is loyal to a fault. Yeah, you know she doesn't know even though even though she claimed to uh, Sid that she strategy is her thing, mm -hmm. she is very compromised by her emotions and. You know, sometimes the best strategy is to retreat and regroup and think about your next move, not just immediately go back. And that's what she always wants to do. Even with, like with AZ later right. on, it's like, yeah. even though she probably made the right thing there, but she was, mm -hmm. she potentially would have died, you know, in that yeah. situation. And so that's what I mean. Like, so it's, it's a weird, mm -hmm. youthful naive, naivety with her, but also she's extremely smart. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I liked uh, you know, Crosshair coming, you know, in this very uh, Darth Vader Leia New Hope scene of yeah. just like looking into the to cell bay and you know you'll do you know like <laughs> yeah like I wanted the whole crew but they'll come yeah. for you yeah. yeah. And then, of course, uh, and then we see the. Oh, if you had something else to say, no, 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 go for it. And then we see, you know, the, also the uh, the last little bit as things that we've talked about with, which is very black and white. Like uh, from the whole point of the series is that the the Kaminoans are being phased out, and you see early on in the episode of the Empire taking out all the clone troopers, all the science, yeah. all the data, everything, and the, the Prime Minister, you know, basically is like get everybody we need to leave and you know the empire becomes wise to it you know by the end of the episode and basically so why do you think she sold them out do you think she did it seemed like it it's it it did seem like it yeah like uh i guess because maybe she wants maybe she's almost like crosshair in a way and that you know what crosshair says at the very beginning of this next episode with you know Hunter arguing back and forth with him, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, don't you realize that the clones will be phased out next? And he's like, not the ones that matter. You right. know? And maybe that's what she was thinking too, is that the prime minister is not as important as I am. I have value. You don't, you know? And, and perhaps she's still looking. 
she had some attachment to Omega. And that still, to me, hasn't, that card hasn't played out. I thought we would see that play out this season. Yeah. We only really saw it play out kind of in the first act of yeah. the season. Well, it's going to, it's definitely going to be a backstory. You know, it's, it's oh, going to yeah. be, it's, she has either done something deliberately with her gene, mm-hmm. uh, with her DNA code that no one else knows about. Right, right. Or, it's, yeah. I mean, Omega is definitely going to be so this, a, a. This incredible. leads into the next episode. And yeah. basically what we see kind of at the beginning of the, uh, well, towards the beginning of the next episode. I don't want to jump too far, but we, I mean, this connects directly into the lab. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking like, oh, we're going to get some secrets revealed here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I we did actually, it away. You know, we did. We yeah. Some oh, nuggets. for sure. Yeah. There was, there were some, there's some, there, there is definitely a timestamp placed on, on all of the characters now, as far as like, who's older than who. Yeah, you know, and that, well, I mean, that, that was, was pretty unique. If you remember, that was one of my first questions and one of mm. our first episodes about the Bad Batch was: Is Omega older? Is she? Right. You know, is she actually? Does she have the growth enhancements? You know, and is she only just a few years old, or was she born and just didn't get any enhancements? So, and and we found that answer is that she is actually older than them, and she's never had. So she is really. It makes sense yeah, because she she'd be the same age as Boba. So. Yes, she's her true. She's her true age. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm jumping ahead there, but I wanted you know as we were talking about. Uh, I mean, it's fine. I mean, we I think we covered the first episode pretty well. So yeah, and the the second episode, um, return to Camino, which obviously like a high point of of the season. Yeah, I felt this was the. Definitely in the top three episodes of the season. Yeah, it definitely felt like it could have ended. Yeah, like this could have been a cliffhanger ending for it. Um, and without jumping ahead, I'm glad that we still got another episode. It reminded me, and, and it made me think of you because you podcast about Game of Thrones. But it kind of reminded me of Game of Thrones, where you think you think the last episode is going to be the one that's like has all of the, the amazing revelations or the the really cool stuff but it's actually the one right before yeah um i've forgotten kind of about that actually that yeah but yeah that's the way it was every, every well except for the last couple seasons but like uh yeah it's always the, the ninth episode of game of thrones it was the best episode it was not the 10th mm-hmm. you're right it kind of it just reminded me of that of like how like all all of that and then the the last episode is the falling action it's right. everything else falling into place like the and almost kind of like the emotional resonance or the emotional kind of aftermath of what you witnessed, mm-hmm. which I kind of enjoy seeing characters go through that, you know, as opposed to, you know, if it's, if it's nonstop, cool, 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 action, action, action. Like we, we have, <laughs> we have no way of, of processing what we've seen, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but this, um, this return to Camino, they, they find out, um, obviously through, uh, the fact that they know that it's a trap, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and yet there's, there's kind of letting, letting them know where Hunter is being held. Yeah, it's interesting how, what I like about this episode and even in the last episode is just the different points of view and how, 
these characters tend to be like the Bad Batch are the only ones that seem to be open to change. Hmm. Whereas in Crosshair, Omega, Rampart, they're all have tunnel vision. As in, like Crosshair makes some, some valid points, especially to Hunter later on uh, about what they were bred for, and I get his point of view on that. Um, but like. I don't see how, I mean, of course he wasn't there, but like, you know, Rampart basically, which echoes what Hunter says to Crosshair later, you know, a Hunter later tells Crosshair, like you're only be a number to them. That's it. Like mm-hmm. that's your only value. And you see it though, in return of Camino right at the beginning where the empire well, Rampart anyway, basically leaves the entire operation of the capture of the Brad bad batch to crosshair and he doesn't care he's just like mm-hmm. if he succeeds great if he doesn't succeed no loss you know and there's this belief you know that you see in crosshair of like i am of value but you're seeing that contradictory right there you know mm-hmm. in these scenes of like mm-hmm. you think you're valuable they don't think you're valuable right uh, and so that's why i think this episode was really interesting of just the difference in points of view Hmm. And, and Hunter, you know, you know, it's like Hunter and, and Crosshair are both in that way. Like, you know, Hunter, Hunter's more open. Like, cause you see in the base in the last episode where they discover the base, uh, Hunter makes a very logical decision. And so does tech of like this. We don't know. We know nothing about this base. We're walking in blind. Most likely we would die from this. And then you have echo change their mind like that. Just like, hey, you risked it all, risked it all for me, not knowing anything, and it mm-hmm. saved my life. And so that shows you know, that they're open, you know, to changing their minds, whereas no one else does in the series. Mm. And so I mean, so things like that that I I pick up on that I, I I enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Omega, even though maybe not those those moments, like we're seeing change fall across her. Right. Like it's not necessarily like she's open for change. It's like change is happening to her. Her whole, mm-hmm. whole, her whole world has been turned upside down and she's kind of, you know, she's the she's the child in the wilderness that like right. things are happening too. So um, and then we're, we're kind of seeing the effects of that play out across her. I just think about the things that she witnesses, you know, that the the wet hair mm-hmm. animation, which was yeah, awesome, yeah. you know, but like when she's kind of sullen and going into that place and she's seen some, let's face it, she's seen some shit go down there, you know? And she's like, you can see it on her face. That's to me, like, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as an audience, like, it's like, Oh, okay. Like I know what, I know what we're getting into here, you know, and, and what she's risking to do it. And they do at least make resolution at the end where, you know, uh, Hunter says, "Hey, I'm sorry. I right. need you come back here," which I liked because there there was the promise made. So, you know, I kind of I get annoyed sometimes when they throw that word around and then it's mm-hmm. never paid off or addressed, or it's just like, "Oh, sorry," right. like you know. So you made a good point that I just kind of want to briefly touch on about the animation. The mm-hmm. it, it, I always appreciate great animation. And you're right that the wet hair with Omega was great. And 
later on in the next episode, when you start getting these leaks of water coming in, mm. the pressurized water spreading out, it's like each little dot of these, you know, it's like, it was unbelievable, like how good the water, the representation of water was in, in these two episodes. Whereas in, I, I think we're spoiled on oh, it. Oh, know? we totally are. Like, I mean, people, we totally are. It's just yeah. like, it's a, uh, abundance of, of riches that we watch on this thing and, and then we just throw it away like like oh it's just a cartoon so what i mean even that last shot sticks with me of omega looking across mm -hmm. the smoke mm -hmm. billowing off of like what like has been ruined her home you know it's a very like it's a very Luke Skywalker looking at the burning right, at the moment. Yeah. 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 You know, except it's just, it's a water, not a desert. And, uh, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It's like, it's so good. The animation's just so. And, and not, not to skip forward too much, but I found that very poetic that in the last episode, when uh, the empire starts to pull out of Camino, that the soldier that reports to Rampart is a clone. You know, oh and, right, yeah, and and he actually says it with such heavy heart. You know, of yeah. like, you know, you can see him. You can see him like his helmet's down. Like he, mm -hmm. he just lost his home, and he knows it. Yeah, you know, but he's a good soldier. You know, and I think I think one of the things that that you know you and I had talked about, and and you predicted, and and wanted to see happen, mm -hmm. and and albeit like got me excited, I felt like they still delivered on everything from Camino. Um, but I mean, you know, talking about a clone empire war would be like really cool. And maybe we still might see that. That's what I want. Um, you know, is, I mean, clones going against stormtroopers and clones, you know, dying. And, um, and there's, there's even room, there's even room to even have a man the fall of Mandalore mm -hmm. in bad batch. Now, if they want to do that, you know, yeah. cause you know, right now, we know that, uh, why am I forgetting her name? Katie Sackhoff. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. We know that Bo-Katan right now is in charge of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. And at some point, the Empire is going to come in and yeah. and wipe it all out. So it's like, you can you could potentially show that here in Bad Batch, you know, from just a, a, a different point of view. And we could potentially see uh, Grogu. At that cloning facility, too, at the end. That's true. So uh, just throwing out ideas here since we're we're getting into the, like the the, 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 fu the future of, of what Bad Batch holds. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm getting lost in our thoughts here. All right, let's see. Where am I at? Uh, so the yeah, the, uh, there's there's some key points that happen there when they return to to Camino, right? So specifically, um, oh, I'll let you read your notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, I'm I'm thinking of I want to get to the cool part, um, but I know you probably have well, some other notes. There. Well, there's just things that you know, like back to what I had originally said about Rampart not caring about Crosshair, but he mm. immediately defers to you know his specialized mercenaries, you know, troopers. Where he, you know, the trooper speaks up to him and says, I don't trust the commander with his old squad. And he's like, you know, we'll keep an eye on him. And what what does she do right. eventually? She does rat she rats him out. 
Yeah. And says like, you know, he failed. And it's just things like that that I always, I noted, you know, like I liked. And uh, and then I also liked, you know, because like, I'm just kind of going down my notes here. I liked that the Bad Batch really trusted Omega when they got to Camino mm-hmm. uh, in that they didn't dismiss her as like a kid. They didn't, you know, like, yeah. oh, you don't know anything. Like, she's like, no, trust me on this. There's a secret landing pad here, you know? Mm-hmm. And and they did. They followed through with it, which I thought was neat. Because, you know, you know, a lot of things, like, uh, you can picture a lot of someone with an age difference like that going like, nah, what does she know? Just land over there, you know? <laughs> you know and we'll do it. But I thought that was neat. And I, I like the idea of, like, that, you know, underwater pad coming up. Oh, yeah. No, that was cool. I, I like the, the addition of that. Or, like, why wouldn't you have a station separate or a few miles miles away from the main the main port um i guess what uh, i was saying earlier even though we didn't get this this war of clones versus stormtroopers and even though we're not seeing as many clones it better i think come. it better come actually. that's I, I i think to your point though we have been seeing them phased out you know they're they're slowly just dwindling out um but i uh, mean I guess it's because I really want that. I think it needs to happen to have full closure. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to just have like a subtle, like, oh, the clones are dying out, you know? Uh, Cause like, it's even like the little kids there. And uh, I think it's in this episode. Yeah. In episode two where, you know, they're walking along and they're only like six, seven yeah. years old. And they mm-hmm. actually ask, uh, uh, I've got her name written down somewhere. Nala say. No, yeah, like, you know, are we we're still gonna be soldiers, right? She's like, Yes, of course, but at another facility, you know? Right. And like, so I don't want to see like them just be almost like Padawans and just be killed off. I want to see a historic stand well, of clones, I mean, this you know? it could still happen. Yeah, you know, like uh if there's this other facility and and I I'll I'll wait to talk about that facility. Back to the <laughs> return to Mandalore. Uh, return to Mandalore. <laughs> return to Camino. Um, there's that. Um, I like how there's the two things that are building. A, you have uh, Rampart up in up in the the uh, Star Destroyers, about ready to like take out. We even get Tarkin with the "You may fire when ready." Like, oh my gosh! Like just icing <laughs> on a spoon right there. Like him, he, you know, hearing just those words. Um, but then you have what's happening, the turmoil that's actually happening in Tapioca City, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where where you have, uh, you know, basically, well, what I called was the makeup sex moment. Oh, right. You know, where all of a sudden they're, you know, they're about ready to, um, well, kind of choose sides. What and, I liked about this episode as well as in part two is that they don't directly say it, but it's that feeling of, you know, you know, family often disagrees, but you're still family. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what we saw in both of these episodes with, I, uh, you know, and, and I, I liked the, the payoff. For, I mean, I know you and I talked about this just, you know, before RCAD recorded, <laughs> you know, about a week ago, but I liked the fact that we had a resolution to the very points we brought up in like the first or second episode where it's like, why, why didn't they go back for crosshair crosshair is their boy. Like we're surely going to see them go back for crosshair. Why haven't they gone back for crosshair? And so, yeah, like 
that's where I agree with you. You know, like we see why Crosshair is upset. He's hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and who wouldn't be like you've been abandoned. But I felt it was a very narrow point of view of him to think that way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost to me, it was almost like Sith thinking versus Jedi thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and that it was all about him. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, you abandoned me. You know, right. you, you know, it's like, and in Hunter's like, look, you turned on us. You were going to yeah. kill us. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, like, you can see both sides. You do. You do. You know, and like, just even the facts, like, don't be, you know, you could, you could totally hear Anakin saying like, don't become my enemy, you know? And yeah. then like, and then Obi-Wan going like, you know, Anakin, I never was like, you know, like, it was like, <laughs> it was kind of the same feeling of this, mm-hmm. like you're walking down that path, you know, of like just darkness versus like, don't do it. You know. From my point of view, the clones are bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I guess, I guess there was my my thought was is like, why didn't they try to save him? And and you had kind of cryptically messaged me, you know, after that that episode aired, you know, the the question of oh, is right. is he telling the truth? Is Crosshair telling the truth in the fact that he already took his chip out? Yeah. Because I had a lot of thoughts about this one, you know, because I didn't believe it and I still don't believe it. Um, because even though Hunter looks at the side of his head that's burnt yeah. where the chip would have been, you've also seen in the first few episodes of them putting him in that pod to right. enhance the chip. Yeah. And it's like, well, and then of course, when he's like, when did you take it out? Mm-hmm. And he's like, does it matter? You know, like mm-hmm. it's, I don't, I don't think he took it out. I don't, I either, he either is lied to himself thinking he did. I just, I just don't believe it. I don't believe so it. I went back, I went back to like, look at his head, you know, and it was not scarred before he had gray hair there, you know, mm-hmm. back in like episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see him kind of itching that area or like pawing at that specific area. Mm-hmm. So you see that happen. Um, but there's no scar there. So the other the other guess or the other thought is is that is the chip in the wrong place? Is he is he did he remove something but he didn't remove it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. still there, but it's in a you know it's more forward. Like his is is kind of more back behind the ear. You know, yeah. It's like back uh, to the left. It is kind of, <laughs> but I think it's a little bit more forward and to the left. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the mystery still remains, though, I think, is whether the chip is legitimately removed or not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting puzzle um, in that when he constantly reaffirms, like, this is who I am. I yeah. made my decision, you know. But I, mean, I think, I mean, of course, that's a, such a human cat, you know, uh, trait of just believing in hope and that... Mm-hmm. It can't, you know, but even like even um, Omega says that, you know, uh, towards the end of the last episode, where she's like, "I wanted to believe it was the chip," you know, because yeah. he's just being a prick at that, right? Point, you know, uh, and I, I can say, like, I, I just think it's, I think it's the chip. So like, I'm just going to keep <laughs> believing that he has a chip in his head still. I, I uh, don't, I don't blame you. I like to believe that he still has a chip because it, it's easier to say. I, I almost kind of like the Schrodinger Schrodinger cat Schrodinger's cat uh, effect of it. Like, is it there or is it not? Regardless, they have to deal with him as a being who is a complete 
prick. Right. Yeah, that's so real to life, you know? Like, we all have that person, you know? Well, there's a lot. Let's see what else in this episode. That, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, this, is, to me, was the the best of the three. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot more meat in it. Um, well, you have them fighting off those, uh, basically, like a, an earlier version of the... Um, the dark trooper. dark troopers yeah. yeah well those are just the practice droids i thought you know so but yeah. yeah but they're kind of like an earlier dark they have a very dark trooper look to them so mm-hmm. and it's a callback to the first the beginning of the season like the first right. episode of the season so of forcing liked, them to do it yeah yeah like i liked the callback to that like it it was a nice you know hamburger sandwich there so um we get the return of AZ in this episode as well, um, which is nice. Uh, you think, oh, AZ, like we're never going to see him again. <laughs> yeah. And then we think, oh, at the end of the last episode, we think, oh, we're never going to see AZ again. <laughs> and then there's this whole. He's going to be, yeah, he's the new, he's going to be. I think new... he's going to be the new C3PO. He's yeah, going to be he's the a... new Gonky. He is because like Gonk can only do so much. And so it's like we well, gotta ha- we gotta have a, a droid. Did you did you like it when Gonky came in and like the uh, it was War Mantle like Gonky comes in for the rescue like she does something where she plugs something into Gonky and Gonky gives the extra power and it's like <laughs> I thought it was funny because it's just like oh we finally got to use him for something he's just a power droid sitting around doing it. it's like it's like when you're when you don't have a like a proper phone charger outlet but you have a backup phone battery somewhere in your pack and you're like oh i can use my gonky <laughs> sorry i think backup power you know will backup power battery packs you know mm-hmm. star wars themed should be shaped like a little gonk droid you can plug in power up your phone when you're on the go so just trash. Everybody, everyone who doesn't know Star Wars is like, why do you have a trash can for a battery? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a trash can. It's a gunk battery. It can have a little pop-out USB port for those people that still like to store stuff on USB flash drives. So, I'm telling you, this is a money maker right here. You know, like it's I mean, it's me, probably to, to ten. It's probably like less than five dollars to make, but. Mark it up with that Star Wars logo, and it's forty bucks. If man. money can be made off of it in a Star Wars theme, someone's already thought of it. I mean, there's so much stuff I've got that's Star Wars. That I'm just like, I gotta have it. Like, I've got so many chopsticks that are look like lightsabers. That are just like, <laughs> you know, it's like I don't even use chopsticks, but I have them. <laughs> well, when you when you have, move into your new house, um, so for everybody that doesn't listen to RCAD. And, and hasn't been following the the lifestyles of the Nick and Famous. He has bought a new house and he's getting to move in there. And I hope his entire kitchen is Star Wars themed. They've made toasters, waffle irons, blenders. You know, like a, I, what is I you know crock pots. Yep. Yeah, the only things I have that are Star Wars themes for kitchens, I have multiple variations of ice cube makers oh yes i've got hans and carbonite yep. ice cubes I i've got, got r2d2s i've got uh, a full death star circle yep. cube seen that one uh you got the bb8 one too 
I don't have BB-8. Yeah, I, of I course you would. I don't buy anything sequels. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, like, are, I, they, I, are they the silicone? Yeah, the silicone ones. Yeah. So something my my son taught me how to do is you you melt down Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Into kind of like a syrup form, and you can pour them into that silicone, so you could make a big giant Death Star out of Jolly Rancher. <laughs> you could. It's hmm. it'd be more powerful than a smaller. I can't. Jolly I can't. Rancher. A couple years ago. Had to be around 2017. Yeah, it had to be 2017 because it was the, the 40th anniversary. They Roomba made two different Roombas that were Star yeah. Wars themed. Wasn't there like a it was a white one that was a stormtrooper one yep. and a black one that was Vader. And the black one was like the high-end one. And I mm. I I didn't even need it. I didn't buy it, but I really wanted it. Because <laughs> it was one of those like when you activated it, it did like all the, the Darth Vader breeding, breathing, you know, and it and it said like I had to get like four uh, lines from the movies, you know, that would say, you know, and it's like like activate all too easy, you know, and like <laughs> cleaning your house, you know, like and I was like I really want the Darth Vader Roomba, you know, like and, and I never bought it, but it's like Aww. things like that. But uh, uh, but like it's it's funny like when you buy a house though because like I would be really I would be really pissed though if one of the phrases was. No, no, <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's, God, yeah, yeah. I would be like, no, I would be so mad. Um, uh, but like, it's it's one of those to me, it's kind of like what we were talking about before we hit record. We're talking about I have a room that I've designated for my Lego room. It's one of those, you know, like, where do you draw the line of like these rooms are for adults, you know, as in like I'm a grown adult and these are mm-hmm. for like the kid adult, you know, in me. And like, and so like that whole middle level of the house, that's like the kitchen, living room, like that's going to be like, okay. Adult. Adult. You know? Uh, So, but it's like, but really in, in real life, I want the whole daggum house to be (laughs) nothing but geek, you know? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm always amazed at the number of appliances that are Star Wars themed. So pizza cutters. Yeah. Spatulas, like you name it, like they make it. So yet, yeah, yet no space balls. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the agreement though with Lucas, but you know, all the merchandise, you know. <laughs> all the merchandise. Um, okay, back to the back to the show though. Um mm-hmm. the what else do we want to say about this? I mean, I think we've covered the middle episode pretty well, yeah. like just uh, different things. So everything I've I'm reading through, like we've kind of already touched on it all. I mean, obviously they rescue Hunter, and there's a whole showdown that happens, and uh, there's a really cool turning moment where Crosshair like helps them out, and he's set up his little mirrors. Yeah, mirrors. And, neat, yeah. and I and I liked that. Like I liked the fact that I, you, if you were paying attention, you were clued in on it right before it happened just like the bad batch oh this so. this 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 is really what i want i think we'll see it next season is like really and truly what is crosshair's motivation because mm-hmm. in a way he makes this a case to hunter that we're superior we were bred for this think of what we can do you know and it was yeah. very much like a, a vader with luke moment of like join me mm-hmm. and together we can rule you know the empire and like because you see how little he thinks of these other troopers that he shoots these mirrors it's like it's nothing to him it's like oh now you now do you see my answer you know and it's it and, and you wonder like 
what's his end game with this? Like, because obviously he doesn't want to be just another cog in the wheel. Like he wants to be some kind of person in charge, but still underneath the power and control of the empire. And that's where I just I don't see what his end game is. Like what what yeah what, does he, what does he really think he can accomplish? You know? And I as much as uh as much as it would make sense that they become Scar Squadron, I just don't see them connecting into that since it was something that only really kind of exists in the comics. But Scar mm-hmm. Squadron is an elite group of stormtroopers that are very bad batch like. Like there's you got the big heavy. You got the tech expert, you got the the sharpshooter. I mean, it is very, very similar to Bad Batch. So Scar Squadron, they are an elite group of stormtroopers that are kind of hunting down Luke and the rebels in the in the Star Wars kind of Marvel series. So just for fans out there that are not in the know about Scar Squadron, um, or if you are, I just don't think that they're gonna connect those two. Like, so it just they never do. They never do. It, it, would, make, it would make more Marvel sense stuff. if they were the Scar Squadron. It they, would they make all have more a scar sense. Scar in their head, like yeah, yeah, I like squadron. that. <laughs> yeah, and they have a second scar where they like put another chip back in, mm-hmm. control them. Um, this next episode. So this one, the was, episode, the episode ended yeah. with them running to their ship basically, and they don't make it. Yeah, the whole thing's falling apart. Definite cliffhanger moment. Um. Mm-hmm. And I think even one of my kids was like, wait, there's another one. And I'm like, yeah, that (laughs) wasn't the cliffhanger, you know? Um, And quite literally, I mean, I mentioned it like the next episode is all the falling action, literally all of the falling action. Like, yeah, I, I I was a little disappointed with the last episode. Uh, I got it. I understood why it was mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Um, Cause you're, it's the last time we're going to see Camino. There's a lot of things, a lot of even nice little shots to show like, you know, like, oh, you're seeing all the little baby tubes again. You're, yeah. seeing, all these, you're seeing all these little things. But to me, it was one of those episodes where like this was a half an hour of them literally running through Camino, mm-hmm. just trying to escape. I was like, it could have been cut down quite a bit because there was very little plot in this. In this yeah, the, the plot is basically like kind of twofold. It's like them just trying to physically escape Camino. And then two, them dealing with the emotional impact of like, yeah. basically, you know, why, you know, why Crosshair is a prick. Yeah, basically. that's basically, yeah, like losing their home and losing Crosshair. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's the only, and like, I actually, when I was rewatching this before we hit record, like, I fast forwarded over a lot of this last episode. One, because I didn't have the time to watch it all. But like, but two, it's just like, I, yeah, I get it. I can watch this at two times speed and still totally understand yeah. what's going on. Um, one, one kind of like really cool nugget though, at the end, you know, the, basically the very last sequence that we get after they, they fly off, right. Is we get, um, kind of the, we get what I thought was Wayland, Mm, um, mm -hmm. and the, the Imperial base in the mountain, like the emperors. That was so cool. Yeah. I, I, like, I was like, how have we not seen something like this before now? Of like just yeah. a full mountain with just a line through it of like, here is a base inside this mountain. Yep. I and when cool. I saw it, I immediately thought of Heir to the Empire. Mm. And I thought of the Emperor's like, you know, treasure trove of stuff in these mountains that, that he had created. 
So whether or not that is officially what, what that is, but to me, like visually, like that's immediately what I thought of. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like if we can, if we can get to this point where we see some of these things from, from legends uh, made into Canon in real life, like great, you know, cause that can explain a lot. So what was, yeah, I mean, to me, really, I mean, aside from just crosshairs a prick, uh, <laughs> you know, because you expected uh, Omega to say something to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's really the value. I mean, really, if I had to sum up the entire last episode in a sentence, it'd be like, they run, they escape, crosshairs a prick. Like, you know, <laughs> Omega tries yeah, to, you know, like. I think, I think the other disappointing thing about that last episode was that I kind of wanted one more mystery revealed. Yeah, yeah. Like I felt well, like the mystery was, was already. But, yeah, but I can't. Well, I mean, like to me, like. I wanted to see. I, like, as soon as I, they took off, as soon as they yeah. took off in the Marauder, I thought that was it. That was going to be the last thing we saw. Right. But, you know, we do get this bonus scene. Yeah. And it's important, not from what you're seeing from the uh, Cam, Cam, Caminoan point of view, but for who walks out. Yeah. Which is this cloner division of the Empire. Mm-hmm. The person we don't know who it is who basically says like oh you're going to be of great value to the empire and you see from the sleeve you know it's that two line division which you see on in episode two you see that on uh dr the, pershing yeah, yeah dr pershing you see it in dr pershing and um uh and uh, uh the mandalorian but you see it in episode two as well of star wars the movies uh, on mm-hmm. the uh on the young uh clones you know, while they're training with the helmets on, like you see yeah. that thing there. You see it in, uh, as well in another series too. Like, but you've seen that symbol several times, mm-hmm. so that's where, like you were saying, like you know, at some point you have potential to see Baby Yoda, maybe here. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of doors that can be opened from that. Just that one little nugget that you see there. I'm not saying that this is going to be Bad Batch with Grogu, but I've thought for a while not even like and i'm still saying like this is like late seasons in the show is that we might see something with the bad batch like rescuing escaping yeah i can see him just like grabbing him and going but i can't see him anything because i mean he he was already taking naps and you know years later so it's like he's he's not gonna do any force or anything no Mm -hmm. yeah i could that would be cool just to see like a quick little episode of like oh here's baby yoda like, yeah, I'm I mean, always gonna say Baby Yoda. I don't care if anyone out there says it's Grogu. <laughs> I'm always gonna say Baby Yoda until we start recording again. Season three. Oh Amanda right, right. Whenever yeah, it yeah. comes out, it's gonna be so. still, still gonna be Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Uh, okay, so this this entire season, uh, sixteen episodes, sixteen too many. If we could pare it down, um, I think we could get down to ten episodes um or less maybe maybe yeah. 12 yeah, well like you get you have aftermath which is the first one mm-hmm. uh re- important yeah cut and run you could cut <laughs> replacements is important because we actually see the ramifications and the fallout with uh crosshair in that episode mm-hmm. and and what what is actually occurring there fast forward to battle scars which is the seventh episode uh, reunion and bounty loss, like those three, right together, were were kind of a high par- point in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and um, I, I didn't even include cornered, which had the introduction of Fennec Shand. But you could you could have cornered in there. It's one of those like if someone asked me to make a list of important episodes, just because it's important that's going to happen later. It's like well, you need to have an introduction to Fennec, right? But by itself alone, it's not important. So so at this point, one episodes one, three, seven, eight, nine. Um, and then skip forward. You can skip over common ground and go to Devil's Deal and re- rescued Ryloth. I think it's important seeing the mm-hmm. uh, the Hera episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, skip over Infested. Infested is still ranked the worst, and I hate that episode and for good reason. Yeah, it's it's right up there with the uh, the wasted episode in Clone Wars season seven, which I refuse to watch ever again. Uh, then you have the last three war mantle return to Camino and Camino lost that, that whole middle arc though of season seven is kind of a waste, but I, I mean, at least the first, the first episode, the last episode. Yeah. The, the, the middle one. Yeah. is completely a waste. Yeah yeah. 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 So, so anyway, um, that's, that's at least how I would shake this, this season down. If, if, if we could make some edits and I, Personally, I don't think that it should just be like a movie like some other people on on uh, Twitter that probably don't listen to the show. But uh, I don't think that it should be limited to just a movie. Uh, but I do think that um, perhaps more of a miniseries approach or thinking in terms of, you know, keeping it to a, a 12 or 10 episode arc. Like yeah. I, I would I would I would prefer a higher quality, you know. I, I mean, if it, I mean, you know, obviously Disney Plus is going to milk this and make as much as they can. Uh, but I, I would, to me, it would be if I had to choose, I would probably do three seasons, four episodes, and that's it. Wow. Uh, uh, as in, but like it basically be a movie to each one, but a stretched out movie because. Because you want to see different phases of what yeah. the Bad Batch is doing. Because like a, a movie to me could not work. Like you couldn't just do one movie. It's just like how we talked about how with like Cat, uh, 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 Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Yeah, you need to have that because you couldn't just end with Endgame and then have Falcon now be the new Captain America in the next movie because audiences right. would not accept it. Uh, you need to have that buffer to slowly. Well- let, let I mean, accept there was there was one uh, character arc that you mentioned here, which or a character moment when they returned to Camino and they trust. I mean, not that they didn't trust her to begin with, but the fact that you saw Omega part of the team, mm-hmm. like you know, providing, like even when she's giving them orders as to what to do, and then uh, you know, uh, oh yeah, cross crosshairs upset, making the decisions now, right? You know. <laughs> I mean, as much as that one episode was annoying, common ground, it did set up this idea that she was a strategist, like mm-hmm. that's her power. So, um, and I'm with you. I think that some of these characters that they have introduced will, will pay off more in season two. I just, I don't, just don't give me any filler. Like, I don't know, pare it down. Like I would have been fine with 12. So <laughs> that's, that's my only like criticism about, 
you know, but this, I mean, that to me was, so. I mean, that's every Hondo episode in the Clone Wars to me was an eye rolling moment. Sure. And I hate it, but you know, but in Rebels, I love him. I love uh, it's, him. It's so, it's so crazy how, how certain characters can work in different, different. Yeah. I will say this though. I do like having a show to turn to, you know, every Friday, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, we got another episode. Oh, Hey, we got another, you know, it was very consistent. There was no like, Oh, we didn't, we didn't get something. And I would have rather have enjoyed this stretched out than binging it. So yeah, as weird as that, as weird as that might sound, because, you know, binging it, you know, I don't know if I would have paid as much attention to it. So, mm-hmm. of course, um, real quick, though, um, next up in the in the lineup of Star Wars entertainment that we're going to be thrown at, that's going to be thrown at us. And I hope I hope that you and I cover this is visions star mm-hmm. wars visions i think that's coming out in september i believe okay. so um so that's something exciting to look for forward to in a month's time and really excited to see kind of as opposed to the marvel what if um which i've seen a lot of star wars fans clamoring for something like that you know like the infinities of dark horse mm-hmm. um you know which would be cool. I mean, you know, everybody wants to see what if Anakin hadn't turned to the dark side and, um, you know, some kind of things like that play out. I'm excited because Visions is basically creativity unbridled. It's basically giving artists like the, hey, play in our universe and do whatever you want to do. And I think that idea is really unique. And I would like to see them continue that, like, you know, Maybe Visions is just kind of a one and done series, but you know, maybe it's something that they return to, like with other animators, you know, or artists. It so. could be awesome. It's just like it's just. Like, <clears throat> I would be fine with them taking the certain point of view books and, and making that, those. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, not everyone, because there's definitely a couple in there that are stinkers, but mm-hmm. uh, but some of those stories are really good. Uh, but yeah, like I, I liked. I've only watched the first one. I think the second one's not out yet. Of the uh, what, if? what ifs? Mm-hmm. Uh, other than Red Skull going out like a little punk, because uh, <laughs> uh, I I love the Red Skull. I think he's one of the best villains in Marvel, and the way he went out was just like no, no, I don't no. like that. I don't like that at all. But other than that, I liked. I liked the episode. Yeah, the animation was really great. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of fun and. Um... You know, it uh, got the attention of my my daughter, who can be a little bit more skittish on Marvel stuff. So, but I knew I knew once she saw, you know, that this was going to be a, a, a female heroine centric yeah. character, she would be like glued to the screen for at least uh, the twenty minutes or thirty minutes that it was. So, um, anyway, um, real quick. I'm going to just do uh, a commercial break right here. Right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We forgot about that. And um, so, yeah, go ahead. This is a question I thought of the other day. And since we're at the end of season one, mm-hmm. we don't know how many seasons we're going to get of Bad Batch. Right. But how do you think it's going to end? Ooh. Because it's one of those things that, you know, we could look back in four more seasons and be like, wow, we were way off. <laughs> you know, but, uh, or we could be dead. We could be dead on. Who knows? That's, that's a good, that's a good question. I, um, whether or not they ever find Grogu or that ties in, who knows? Um, it does seem like it needs to be a rogue one tragedy story though. That's what I, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yep. I mean, you you can't you really can't have these this these characters going off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, if anything, it might be something where we see Omega burying or saying goodbye, or something happens where they're saving Omega one last time, so she, and she has to go into hiding. Right. Um. To me, it makes most the most amount of sense if they keep Omega alive. And then we see, like I said, we see her return in the book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know. I don't know when they're going to have those two characters interact. Um, it'd be interesting to see them interact in, in this time frame. But again, they might be like saying, like, well, let's save this. You know, um, I don't know, um, but I, I do think that that's that's the tragedy is that is that they're going to do. It's kind of it kind of you know to go back to like the kind of macho movies, which I think is in the DNA of the Bad Batch. There's a certain kind of macho bravado. You know, we've talked about Stallone being an influence. I think about Schwarzenegger movies and the Terminator and. At the heart of Terminator 2, one of my favorites, <laughs> is that notion that like when she's talking about how the Terminator will do everything in his power to keep John protected. Right. Like I think about that with each one of the Bad Batch mm-hmm. is that they will do everything in their power to protect Omega until the end. And that ultimately is a Rogue One ending, I think. I, mm-hmm. I just I can't. I don't. That's how yeah. I see it. Too. I see them dying, yeah, at the end of the series. Yeah. And it could be one of those things like, oh, like how do how do we learn about the Death Star? Like how did mm-hmm. even though even though we know it's coming from uh Galen and yeah. Rogue One, like, but like what happens? Like, you know, like we need something we because we're gonna need some some real legit reason for them to give up their lives. Yeah. Cause like, you know, cause we already see you know, on rebels, how old Gregor and Rex and all that right. have gotten because they age so fast compared to regular folks. Uh, and I, so I could see that, you know, like, I don't know, I, but I, I agree. I think that they will die at the end of the series, except Omega. And, and, and I'm, I'm with you about like bringing in the Death Star. It's it, it is a large thing. Uh, they haven't played their their Darth Vader card. They haven't played their Emperor card. They haven't played. They've played the Empire card. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like 
well, there's, like, there's, a, there's so much more that they're holding back and they can do it whenever they want. Right. And because like I because I, I tend to think of things like Vader and Emperor like those are those are the big characters. You yeah. Know? And like and Bad Batch are minor characters. I mean, really, in the grand scheme of things, they're yeah. really just a little story in a big story. And and so it's it's one of those things where like if we do come into something with the Death Star, it's going to be like the Bad Batch discovers this secret location where this secret weapon is being built, you know, uh, by Wookiees. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and so it's, it, 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 it could just be something like that. Like, it's just yeah. something like we're the ones that I, informed Rex and in the rebellion of this thing. You know, I would love it if they, and this is something that, that they've, they haven't, you know, we talk about star Wars plot holes or areas that they haven't been mined for information or story. We've never understood exactly how the Emperor got a second Death Star approved, uh, approved, built that quickly. I mean, from oh. Empire or from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi is basically four years. Right. Well, uh, it's, it's probably it's no longer canon. Yeah. But that's what they. I, I remember reading that. It, the reason why the original Death Star took so long is because there were several attacks on it and because it was built by Wookiees. It was built by slave labor, basically. Right. The first one was, whereas the second one is built completely different. And so it took longer and it was lots of, you know, uh, sabotage attempts on the first Death Star. And that, that's the excuse they always made of like, why did it take 20 something years to build the first Death Star, but only four to build the second one, which was three times the size of it. No. The um the Rogue One tie-in novel um catalyst mm -hmm. it it really comes close to almost explaining it in a way where they could have been building both at the same time with two separate groups that didn't know each other were working on it. And that, that could make sense too. Um and there could be an interesting way that you could pull in the Geonos geonosians because they basically were wiped out mm -hmm. and we don't know i mean we kind of know but we don't know exactly what happened to them after um a certain point so i mean we know that they got the plans you know but other than than having like a glowing glowing you, orb plan you're getting into that contact quote uh you know it's like first rule of government spending why build one? We can build two for twice the price. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you if you have two teams competing, you know, it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, definitely some food for thought um, for the Bad Batch in general. I enjoyed this show. Um, I'm, I'm glad. Maybe we should do more. <laughs> no, I just meant like like the Bad Batch in general as a, as a show. I, even even with the things that has wrong with it, to me, it's still it's still slightly better than than resistance. Obviously, it's not going to it's not going to some supplant uh, rebels or, or clone wars for me. So, but yeah, like I said, like I, I think yeah. To me, I still like Clone Wars the best, even though there's a lot of filler episodes in Clone Wars. Uh, Rebels is good. We felt we talked about all these. You yeah, know, like, Clone Wars does not get good 
I mean, I mean, sorry, Rebels does not get good until really the last two seasons. I mean, the second season's got its moments, but the third and fourth seasons are Rebels are superb. Uh, and I, I just, I, because I, I believe in Filoni. I think Filoni's really got a good head on his shoulders, and I think that season one will be just like any other show of his, where it's yeah. like, yeah, season one is, you know, it's it's a, it's a season one, you know, yep. but then I think eventually it's going to find its stride, and we're going to be like, man, Bad Batch was so good in season mm-hmm. three or whatever. You know? And those people are going to be like, man, have you seen season two of Bad Batch? It totally makes Infested so much better. <laughs> yeah. Because those bugs come back, and the guy that lost his horn, all of a sudden he's Visago. Oh, yeah, oh, he's the cool guy, dude. He's like, the cool yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and if you want a, a good companion to li- to while you're watching, you should listen to Owen and Bruce Barbecue. Hi. Um, so, speaking of high, um, the High Republic. I've been. I know you haven't dove into that yet. And um, no, 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 those books are boxed up currently. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're in the middle of a move, and when the time is right. Uh, but I have gone through and re-listened. So I finished the audiobook of The Rising Storm, which is the second book in that series. And then immediately I was like, I need to go back and re-listen to the first one because there's a lot of characters in the High Republic and they appear in different stories. And so it's it can be a little confusing, um, which, you know, maybe it's a little bit easier when you're reading because, you know, you see certain names or certain names kind of like, like kind of like build it, but you know, audio sometimes like the, you just don't have a good picture of what they might look like. So there are some little kind of cheat sheets or uh, you can just look up the characters, which starwars.com has uh, artist representations of, of a lot of those, those Jedi and those characters, because they different ones appear in different stories, different books, different comics and the timeline can get a little confusing if you've read any of the comic books out of order from the book. So it's, there's a lot there, which is fun. I think it's a fun universe that star Wars has created. That is both like, that is completely in the, in the, the, the literary world right now. There's nothing animated or, or movie wise, um, but it's still an enjoyable story. And I, and I like kind of where things are headed with those characters. So um, yeah. So I, yeah. I recommend I, it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was saying it's funny how timelines blend, you know, like the more you read, because like I have all of the, I think it was Dark Horse that made them, like the original comic books Dark Horse made of the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, in the early 2000s. Like I, every now and then will think of the stories in those and I'm like, wait, did that really happen? Is that canon? <laughs> I don't remember. You know, and then like, and it's, it's like I think a lot of people, uh Star Wars fans, we just choose to believe what we think is canon and what's not canon. You know? Oh yeah. Because I, I love like the Force Unleashed uh story and it's no longer canon. But I love the idea of Vader having a secret apprentice, you know, and I like you know that Vader, you know, sent him on these missions to kill Shock T and and uh the other guy, Coda, whatever his name is. And uh you know and then you do because I like I said, like I've always wanted some kind of story from a Sith point of view. 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, there's only a couple of books that are, you get that. Like uh, that's one of them. Cause you see Vader constantly betray star killer because he has to, because mm-hmm. the emperor's catching on and he has to play this game of where's the value. Like how can I advance myself, you know, in this situation? And it's the same as like with the uh, Lords of the Sith, which came out, four years ago five years yeah, ago. yeah i think you told me about like like it's basically like the emperor and darth vader like like almost like uh against the world yeah well they know. they well they're they're going to do uh like a planet inspection or something or something on a, this this empire planet and the the imperial officer in charge of that planet decides he's going to take the opportunity because when are the odds are you, you going to have the emperor and vader on one shuttle you know so he decides we're going to kill him right now. And of course mm-hmm. they don't. Right. You know, and so it's like a whole story of Vader and the emperor on this planet trying to survive not only the empire, but uh, the natural elements of the planet and all these other things. And you're getting a lot of other stories, you know, that intertwine of like memories mm-hmm. and flashbacks. And it's not, it's not the greatest of like all of Star Wars books, but there's definitely some, interesting things that happen and you're like oh that's pretty cool you know and so but that was amazing like i always like them when they're from this dark side point of view because we get so little of it well you are a dark sider i am a dark sider yeah <laughs> i like it i like it. yeah um just so that we stay on the light side of things um ah! i'm going to end this show oh well <laughs> Bye, everybody. No, I mean, we can, we can continue <laughs> no, 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 to it's talk. Fine, no, no, it's, it's fine. I'm kidding. Just the way the way that you bluntly stated that. I'm sure everyone out there who's listening went, aw. <laughs> well, if you like what we do, send us an email at theforceswelldone at gmail.com. Unless your name is Raphael. Screw you, man. Screw you, Raphael. What, what are you doing? Why are you messing with us? Theforceswelldone at gmail.com. Send us your Star Wars uh, information. Yeah. So for everyone out there that doesn't know, someone hacked our email and signed us up for a bunch of crap. And I'm having to unsubscribe to so many email chains right now because I'm Raphael, apparently. <laughs> so uh, send us something other than spam. Uh, we would appreciate it. Uh, and we will most likely read your, your email on, on the podcast when we record next, which will probably most likely be for Visions. We'll see if uh, Chris can return. Unless um, your name's Raphael, I'm not reading your email. We're not reading your email, Raphael. I don't care. I don't care how good it is. Uh, <laughs> we are part of the Jay and Jack uh, podcast empire. Go over to jayandjack.com, click on the patron link there, and become a patron. Help this show out. Um, but we are a part of the Jay and Jack empire, but we're the superior part of the, of the, the empire. <laughs> We, we are. Bred, we were bred for this. We were bred for this. Join we the, us. We, we are the be bad brothers batch. once again. <laughs> well, Nick and I would be brothers and just talk about Star Wars probably five nights a week and still not repeat ourselves. Um, but we won't do that to you. Um, but we are going to thank some some people that make this show possible. Not Crosshair Chris, who could not join us tonight. Um, boo. boo. But more importantly, I'm going with the Bad Batch names here. I've used them throughout the season, and uh, I'll try to retire them now until the next season of Bad Batch. We have Tech Tac, Wrecker Richter, 
Echo Ed, Omega Maggie, and Joanne the Hunter. <laughs> there was no alliteration there, but I had to get Hunter in there somewhere. So mm -hmm. thanks for doing okay. what you do. No, oh, go ahead. Do you want uh, to do your. No, I said Hunter. Yeah. Joanne the Hunter. Hunter. Thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for making this show possible. Um, and uh, this is a great show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.